0: It's quite simple, really. Just need to show you some film. You mean like going to the pictures? Something like
1: that.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another fantastic episode of
1: Lil Hell. Uh, I'm Mitch, and I'm Stefan, and this is still Drag Mitch to Hell, but this is in fact a Lil' Hell. hell. The second uh, second, uh, iteration of this. I'm I'm excited. We're going to talk about some fun things. For sure. You have intimated to me uh, in between recording this uh, that you have watched F-Boy Island. So I'm excited to talk about that. Yes, F-Boy Island. I'm Uh, I'm here for it, man. (laughs) I think it's great. I do have to say, so I'm just going to start this off right right off the rip. Uh, I did watch an episode of Too Hot to Handle, and I did not enjoy it no okay I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> so i think a problem is that and, and you can correct me if i'm wrong but the the first episode kind of like sets out the structure i don't think it deviates from it no new people are, are, are introduced correct into new this people are introduced uh, all right so initially going into it i thought that wasn't going to be the case uh, and then also i found the narration like so I, I do like Love Island, and I think that kind of like you don't know Jack Ask narration to be like incredibly funny. But this one felt like very very flat. And I know they're trying to make it seem almost like it's an Alexa type voice, but it just didn't work for me. And I was like, Preston sneezing over here. Fairly, <laughs> he really doesn't like my opinions. I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't find it funny, and I don't think I liked the characters. They looked. Like, it was like a lot of ratchety dudes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's
0: uh, that's. I mean, it's a show where you're getting, like, the craziest, horniest people who can't possibly resist having sex. Like, I think, yeah, you're going to (laughs) get some pretty ratchety dudes, as as you say. Um, But that's part of the reason why I think I enjoy it, because these people are so, like, weird to me, because I just don't understand it. I mean... Sure, you know, the healthy, you know, sexual appetite, I understand, you know, having that or whatever. But, uh, but just the fact that it's like, you can't have sex with any of these random strangers that you just met for, I don't know, a month or however long they're there. And it's like, Oh,
1: my God, what are we gonna do? This is insane. It's like, <laughs> no, no, just don't have sex with anyone. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, looking at the assortment of men, it seems like an easy proposition.
0: (laughs) You would think so. That's the other thing that fascinates me watching these shows. It's like you know, you see some guy, and you know, I think maybe I just prefer my men in in a more you know classically handsome sense. But you know, they they put some of them up there, and I'm like, this guy's not very attractive. And then cut to you know one of these women being like, oh my god, he's so hot.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's, all of these guys look like they go to clubs on King Street as soon as they open <laughs> I think Which that's is, a fair uh, assessment uh, the, the hugest indictment character <laughs> indictment and physical indictment I can give anybody ever uh, th- that's the type of regional uh, conversation that you've come to love here <laughs> uh yeah i don't know um, yeah, i mean if if,
0: if you didn't uh, enjoy it I, I get it you know i'm not gonna say you have to keep watching because you know then you'll get sucked in uh, which you know maybe would happen you might become a little bit more uh, interested once the relationship dynamics start to happen and then they throw new people in the mix and there's the temptation of all these new people but uh it's it's i mean it's garbage tv is what
1: it yeah. is yeah I mean, this this could su- have suffered the same consequences uh, as Love Island, where I had just watched F Boy Island and I was like, I found the holy grail. This is what <laughs> television should be. Uh, and 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 then I watched. I think I was out of episodes. that we decided to give that a try because we were still on like the the high of F Boy Island. And yeah. uh, and I've since become like pretty disinterested in, in the goings ons of of Love Island as well. Um, okay, the F Boy yeah. Island is just taken over. Yeah, it's this this show is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I've definitely what, been enjoying it as well. cool. What what would you want to do you want to set this show up so I'm sure nobody to yeah. this podcast fucking watches of Four <laughs> Islands. So I think we're putting an uphill sure. battle to garner attention.
0: I love that this podcast like it's a lot of, you know, sort of genre or like, you know, niche sort of films that I would say probably not a ton of people you know, like in sort of like a mainstream audience, if you want to label it as that, would watch. Um, and then it's like deviate from watching the gate and you know, <laughs> uh, video drome and scanners and all these things to. The
1: most garbage reality <laughs> TV show, <laughs> um, but, but we yeah, cover I'll... a wide swath. By the oh, way, yes. I, I we I definitely have genre stuff to discuss. Yeah, yeah, I me just, too. I can, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like we are not doing a good job of selling this segment to the like our listenership because we're not starting off with like. Uh, you know, genre-related films. We're just like, right. starting just, with that. Boy Island. <laughs> Everyone's like, "What the hell is this show?" I'm tuning out, uh, and maybe that's a reasonable thing. I don't know, but we're gonna still do whatever the fuck we want. Well, we're
0: gonna sell you on it, listener. If you're not <laughs> yeah. interested in F Boy Island, get ready because by the end of this uh, segment, you're gonna be watching it. Yes. So yeah, I guess I'll introduce it. Essentially, there's an island, and you've got three single ladies who are uh I'd put this in you know quotes as looking for love. I don't know how uh, accurate that is, uh, but they're looking for love. you know, they want a nice guy. They've been played before. Um, and there's 24 eligible bachelors. Maybe some of them aren't even that eligible, but uh, there's 24 <laughs> guys, 12 of them are self-proclaimed nice guys, and 12 of them are self-proclaimed F boys. Uh, which is a fuck boy, essentially, uh, for anyone who's not familiar with this term. Um, yeah, so then, but the women don't know which ones are the nice guys, which ones are the F boys, who's there for the right reasons, and who's there just to try and get some money and maybe have a little sex. Uh, and it is
1: fantastic. I, I love it so much. <laughs> I absolutely love the it feels like you're watching a like a, a like a spy film or something. They're just trying to <laughs> suss it out who is the double agent. They're, the <laughs> <laughs> they're terrible. <laughs> they're god awful spies. The, uh um I love uh old Garrett. Uh <laughs> I'm gonna explain why. Wait, wait. Oh, old Garrett. Like the old guy Garrett. from the no, first not new episode. Garrett. New Garrett, uh, spoiler alert, claims to be a nice guy, but I contest that harshly. I, I think, think we're mixing any...
0: up uh, names here because there were two Garretts in the first episode, one of whom was like the older guy who wrote the poem. And yes. then this is... Oh, oh, oh Jared. sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. OG Jared. Oh, Jared, and new sorry. Jared. <laughs> yes, yes, OG Jared. So I enjoy OG Jared. Thank you for clarifying because... Uh, I think everybody knows at this point, I've said it multiple times, I'm really bad with names. Like, I'm not good. (laughs) Like, if I had to meet an assortment of people, uh, I almost always forget, and then I have to dance around the weird social experiment of, like, trying to talk to people and not actually knowing their names. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so, OG Jared. uh, I love the fact that he cosplays in, like, nerd attire and tries (laughs) to adopt, like, a, like, uh, like a uh, what I would call like a first year philosophy student's uh, demeanor. Like this is <laughs> a moment where he's trying to address new Jared, and he's like, "I'm gonna just rile him up and be the calmest person ever." And after like the briefest exchange, he's yelling. At him. <laughs> it's the best. Uh,
0: OG Jared is a hell of a character. It's um, wild. He is this super jacked dude um that is wearing the tightest clothes um and like fucking turtlenecks and scarves at the same <laughs> time on this island where it's probably like 40 degrees uh he just looks ridiculous uh and you know professing his love and yeah like you said he getting into these arguments and things and you know it's it's amazing to and he's always yelling In his talking heads. I don't understand. (laughs) Everyone else is just speaking at a normal volume because you're probably just in a room where, you know, a guy's got a boom and you're flapped up. Yeah. And, you know, you're just talking to the camera. But this guy's always shouting in his talking heads. (laughs) He's such a cartoon character of a person and I can't get enough of it.
1: Oh man! So uh, something we didn't uh, say was that once characters, uh, characters—I mean, they're pretty much characters. Let's be <laughs> <Yeah>. real. <laughs> once people are, uh, are are kicked off, they have to reveal whether or not they are in fact a, a nice guy uh, or a fuckboy. Yes, and then they're kind of like transported to two different uh, offsite locations. One is like the nice guy villa esque kind of place uh and then the other one is limbro which is like this like <laughs> castaway-esque uh compound uh and i just i like all about all of the like the story structural elements of this are so much fun uh it's the dumbest thing in the world and i i couldn't be happier watching it
0: uh, yeah i think that uh whoever produced this show did a good job of knowing that it is ridiculous, uh, and, you know, going full on into the ridiculousness with Limbro and these like fake therapy sessions. Uh, I mean, yeah, curious, Nikki Glaser
1: is the uh, host who's a comedian. So it's pretty, she's like, you know, ribbing all the contestants. Yes. How do you feel about uh, her as a host? uh i enjoy it uh i don't know anything about her i don't i don't know her comedy acts uh uh, do you know anything about uh about her comedy at all or um i mean i've seen her like uh, i know she has a podcast or at least
0: did um for a while and i caught a little bit of that just sort of in like the related youtube recommendations uh listening to some podcasts so i've I've you know familiar with her enough, like I don't think I've watched uh stand up specials, but know her enough, and I actually really enjoy her as the the host of the show. I think again she doesn't take it too seriously, and it doesn't feel like she's there just doing like you know scripted lines and taking herself you know seriously as the host of this reality show. It's like no she'll comment on things like. And be surprised at stuff as well, where it's like, she feels like she's like a, a real person who's having a fun time in this environment as well.
1: Yeah, I like the, so uh, they decide to have like a game of like, like water balloon dodgeball. And there's like no rules. It's like full anarchy. And uh, like, <laughs> she's like, I guess this is over now. <laughs> like, what are we doing with this? Like, like she was having like a mini existential crisis watching us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Anyways, uh should we move on from F4? <laughs> probably. It's been a whole episode so much longer. It. Like we could talk about Casey for a while. He's uh, been enjoyable to uh to watch as well. Yeah, also the 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 biggest douche uh whose name I can't remember, uh who had the uh, blonde with the goatee who Garrett. Garrett. So there's that that's another Garrett, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I love when they, they get the access to peruse their social media. <laughs> they get the the context of uh, he might have been in a relationship. Uh, potential spoiler. I don't know. Really you have to watch and find out. Anyways, I, I, let's move off. I mean, right, I'm like, right. getting pulled back in. Uh, <laughs> so you watched Fear Street 1666. Did you I want did. to talk about it all or no?
0: Uh, I'll touch on it, I guess, briefly for anyone who listened to the last episode and was thinking, oh, I wonder what they you know they think of the... The last one. The, the answer is I didn't finish it
1: for myself, <laughs> but you take it away, please.
0: Sure. Um. Uh, just real quick, the third part of the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. Uh, this one's the 1666 one. Mm-hmm. So they're back in sort of the original story of this year and the, I guess you know, witch that they, you know killed or however the story goes um so the
1: yeah. <laughs> you've already forgotten you <laughs> yeah, pretty much
0: um but i didn't I, I liked the the way that it finished uh i know that you and i talked uh, about last time thinking they would be sort of a fish out of water tail because like the main character was transported back but no it wasn't they were just playing the role straight um and we were seeing them as the you know characters that we're familiar with or the actors that we're familiar with but not supposed to be the case watching it but anyway um that's not the entire movie it's you know i'd say two-thirds of the movie is probably in that time frame and then we sort of come back to um, yeah that's brutal
1: that's brutal Uh,
0: (laughs) i didn't mind it that much it took me a little bit to (laughs) to get settled into it and like some of the accents are goofy uh you know in the dialogue you know maybe not great um but you know it, it it, it was enjoyable enough for me. I think it was a solid finish to the trilogy. Where, you know, probably not the strongest of the the three parts. I still think I enjoyed the first one the most. <clears throat> but you know, satisfying ending. Um, yeah, that's. The, I don't need to touch on it more than that. But if you yeah, like the first fair. two parts and you want to finish the trilogy, watch it. I think it's. I think it finishes in a satisfying way.
1: Yeah, I I was frustrated by the witch light. Like I I couldn't stand yeah. anything that was going on. Uh, I was frustrated because, like, I thought your idea for the way that it should have gone having, having not had not watched uh, having not watched at that point and giving your like, I think this is what they're going to do because I, I I had my initial trepidation that this is what it was going to be yeah. and then lo and behold this is what its is. is. You're gonna close my window real quick. Sure. Ugh. Um. Yeah. Again, some so kids I, like, on
0: the trampoline
1: again. oh man it is unending (laughs) unending uh you know i love kids yeah (laughs) not at all uh so i I had my trepidation that it was just gonna be you know uh what it was essentially what it was yeah just like a humdrum period horror thing that just it it was it was limp i didn't like it i thought it was stupid uh (laughs) i'm gonna struggle to get back into it uh but you know, I'll, I'll eventually watch it, and, and it'll be part of a, a little hell down the road. But that day is not today because I had to watch other stupid shit, uh, which <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about. <laughs> yes, tell me about <laughs> the stupid shit. Uh, well, uh, the, the the stupid shit I'm going to wait because it's actually thematically related to our central film, so it'll be my okay. my, my second last thing I'll discuss. Sure. Uh, but I would like to plug something that is actually great. Uh, I would like to talk about 1983's Siege, uh, which I, I I talked a big game about this to you, Mitch. I, I, you I did. this you is did. This is a Canadian film set in Halifax, filmed in Halifax, uh, and it takes place during the 1981, I believe, uh, police strike, and like basically a gang, uh, you know, marches into a uh, like a gay nightclub or just like a gay bar in general, I would say. I don't think it's like necessarily a nightclub. Uh, and just and just start to, you know, create a ruckus. And they're like, the police aren't here to, you know, help you. And we're going to do whatever we want. I believe the, the gang is called uh, the New Order, or New World Order or something to that effect. And it definitely feels like a MAGA-esque kind of crowd. And like if I if I told you that was the premise of the movie, you'd be like, oh, this is going to be like some like Blue Lives Matter. Like, you know, like this is what when the cops aren't around. This is not that movie. This is like uh, probably one of like it, the, the ending is probably one of the best endings of a movie I've seen, period, I think. Uh, and it's like very, very smart and it's very, very interesting. And basically... Uh, you find out that the people who have marched into this club are actually kind of more of, like, the underlings of this this uh, this gang. And they accidentally murder somebody. And then when their big boss comes, he's like, I can't have this falling back on me, so we have to make this disappear and basically decide to, like, systematically murder everybody in this club until one of the individuals gets away and kind of makes his way into, like, a tenement building a little bit. It, it definitely feels like lower-income housing and uh uh, it it turns into like a siege film and it's just like a plus uh a little bit of the acting is a little bit wonky in, i'd say the first 20 minutes but from there it is like one of the tightest thrillers that i feel like uh you know like green room owes a lot to um uh when we saw uh simon barrett who wrote the, the guest and uh, your next speak oh, like right before the pandemic, I think it was like the, our last outing before, yeah. <laughs> before end of days, he had mentioned that this was a recommendation to him uh, and he prefers it to assault on precinct 13. And I 100% agree. And I feel like this should be uttered in the same breadth as, you know, Canadian genre movies like black Christmas. And I think that's incredibly fair. And it's bananas that this movie had only existed as like a really bad YouTube video, or uh, a really bad bootleg DVD prior to Severn's release of this film. And I would definitely urge everybody to check it out because it is wildly tense, a great thriller, great genre film, uh, and it's Canadian, and, I, you know, I, I just watch it. And the politics are amazing. Like, it's... It, it, I, I feel like a lot of horror sometimes can have, like, really awful politics. Like, you know, the if you really get into, like, the sexual politics of, like, movies like Halloween, like, a lot of John Carpenter stuff doesn't feel uh the best <laughs> this like does feel like it's made by somebody who uh you know has a clue uh and i appreciate that a lot it adds a lot to the film but sure. you know uh, we're, we're gonna watch this movie together we're gonna sit down we're we've been double yeah. vaccinated we're gonna watch <laughs> yeah. this goddamn movie
0: I definitely want to, uh, to check it out. I was trying to find it on like a, a streaming service or, oh, yeah, know, no, not or rent it anywhere, but yeah, there's no. it's nowhere. And I know you've got the, uh, the blu-ray I think
1: there. Yeah, it, uh, it looks great. They did a great job. The, uh, uh, Jason Eisner who directed Hobo with a shotgun. I don't really like that movie. Uh, he does, um, also dark side of the ring, uh, looking at the darkest sides, darker stories of, of involved with wrestling, uh, he basically had to bug. I, I feel like it was the Nova Scotia Film Archive to get a negative of this, which was what was used to restore this film. Like it looks great, uh, you yeah. know. Considering, it, I mean, it has warts. It's like filmed. It again, it's like 1983, so <laughs> like you know, I, I, it it has like a like a punk rock ethos almost in the way that it was made, uh, which I appreciate a lot. Like I I like things to be a little bit on the rougher side. Anyways, I yeah, I feel like I'm rambling. So I'm going no, to no, right away.
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm excited to uh to check it out especially because like I have this, you know, notion of Canadian cinema that, you know, it's not the best uh, because, you know, we we don't have our own voice. We're right next to to Hollywood, uh, you know, and the states which is, you know, the biggest, you know, one of the biggest film markets in the in the world and we're just, you know, we get all of their content and we don't have the money uh to, you know, to compete with a lot of times uh, and sort of our stuff gets lost. And so I, you know, Canadian cinema, I'm just kind of like, Meh, whatever. If something comes out that I hear is, you know, a great film, I'll check it out. But for the most part, I don't really seek out Canadian content, but it excites me that there are films like this that exist that are, you know, like you said, like a black Christmas is a fantastic uh, example of a, a Canadian movie that, you know, you know, competes with the best, uh, you know, of, of any country. So, now i'm excited to to check this movie out especially like in the plot and everything
1: just sounds like it'd be right up my alley so yeah it is going incredibly to, uh, tense. to incredibly tense incredibly tense uh even from like a direction standpoint i think you'd, you'd love it and it's like well edited and there's like a, a lot of uh you know dramatic irony where like the audience is like cued into like oh my god this person is missing this one thing that's going to give away like something really really crucial and it really gets you involved in the story Right. But anyways, why don't you pull me away from this and talk about something else, please? Sure. So
0: I could go in one of two directions here. Um, do you want me to talk about something I really liked or do you want me to sort of follow the your lead and talk about something can- Canadian that I didn't like so much? <laughs> I want to talk about
1: the, the, the Canadian one, if that's all right. All right. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have to, if you like, I feel really bad. Like, uh, you know, I I talked about, uh, I'm not going to mention its name again, but it was was one of the worst movies I've uh, I've seen, I think, in recent memory. And I I felt like I was kind of mean a little bit. Uh, So if if you don't want to have that on your conscience. No, I'm, I'm happy to to have the conversation uh, yeah.
0: about it. Um, I, I'm not going to, you know, like take you know, personal shots. I don't think you did either. Um, at, I don't, no, 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 at, no. no, at, no. At I mean, one. I, <laughs> my letterbox
1: review. My- <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, I'm talking about the Oak room, um, which I watched recently. It's uh, I think it's a black fawn uh, film, which is a, you know, sort of horror filmmaking, you know, I'm going say production company here in That's fair, yeah. That's Ontario um, who, who make a lot of stuff, uh, you know, and not a lot of stuff that I've watched uh, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I decided to check this out. It seemed like, you know, and maybe it was just the people who I have on my Facebook or social media, who I follow, who, you know, it seemed like there was some positive, uh, you know, stuff going uh, around about this movie when it was playing some film festivals. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. It sounds like it could be a, you know, a decent flick. Uh, And essentially it's uh, a movie about people. I mean, telling stories essentially uh, about this bar, the, the Oak room. Um, And it's, it's sort of set up in a, a weird way that, you know, this, Uh, I don't know if he's our lead character, but it's played by RJ Mitty from, from Breaking Bad sort of comes back into this small town bar and is telling the bartender a story about uh, something that that happened at the Oak room. I think that the tagline for this movie is you'll never believe what happened at the Oak room. Um, And I mean, I believed it, but I'll keep going here. Um, (laughs) He's telling a story and then the bartender is telling a story and there's sort of this, you know, Clearly, some sort of you know criminal aspect that that's going on here. Um, I feel like I can't describe the plot of this movie because it's just—I I don't want to say that it's a bit of a mess, but there's just—it's—it feels like there's so much going on, but then there's really nothing going on. Um, where it's like, okay, he's telling the story, and the story is about a guy who also showed up at the bar at the Oak Room, um, and you know, was having a conversation with the bartender and I don't know. I, I feel like I don't even want to get into the story here in terms of actual plot points. Um, if you want to watch it, go for it. But the the issue that I had with the movie was that it's it's a lot of talking and it's a lot of storytelling, but there's not a lot. I mean, you don't need to have action in your movie. That's not what I'm saying, but it's some things need to happen to keep me interested and not just I'm telling the story, the story that d- doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, by the end of the movie, you understand, okay, that's why this story was significant because it led to this other story and this other story and sort of these events are tied together, but it doesn't do it in a clever way. Uh, the, the writing is the, the biggest shortcoming for this movie because even though you're only 85 minutes long, if you're a movie that relies primarily on characters telling stories and just talking, having conversations back and forth for the majority of the movie is what actually that's pretty much all the movie. Um, you need to have really great dialogue, um, and you need performances that are captivating to go along with it. Like y- you can't be stale uh, in your writing and the performances if they're lackluster you know you you're gonna lose your audience pretty quickly because again, there's nothing else to keep you interested. It's literally just we're in a bar, it's snowstorm outside. dudes are telling stories, and the stories sadly aren't that interesting um, so it's it's tough and like you said i not to um like I'm certainly here not trying to to shit on anyone uh but yeah, it just it becomes a a bit of a bore because you don't really care about what's going on that some of the writing is is tough like it just feels like it was you know those i'm sure that you've seen them there's youtube videos and, and articles where it's like an ai wrote this based <laughs> on and it's like okay it's like oh and i mean i'm guilty of it too in, in certain things where it's like oh you you came back to your to the small town and after so long and uh he's showing your face around here again wow like it just seems like such a a trope uh and and cliche thing and like i said i've done it so i'm certainly no better um but it's just it seems like it's handled in, in a very sort of cliched way and so it's like and that's the start of the movie so it sort of gets off on the wrong foot and yeah it just from there it doesn't really go anywhere interesting and and you sort of hope by the end you're like okay like where's this all going um that like i've invested this time listening to these stories like hoping that there's going to be you know a big punch at the end where it's like okay yeah it was worth it to to listen to these stories to get here and yeah. it's not it, it, it doesn't really lead anywhere that is all that interesting like i think it's a movie that wants to be very clever uh, and smart uh in its writing and you know where it ends up but it, it's just sort of fails in, in getting there and i respect yeah. these guys you know they, they make a lot of stuff they're clearly they're successful at what they do um and and they're doing their thing like you know all the power to them like you do you you know personal taste is, you know is you know these aren't the type of movies that i would make um but a lot of movies aren't the type of movies that i would make
1: yeah. <laughs> like here, here's a freebie all right if you have a movie uh with a character who's who's returned back and you want to avoid the why are you showing your face around here don't even do it with dialogue this is absolutely free somebody can take this i don't give a shit you know this person you do it with like an exchange of looks that show like a recognition of a face the person sits down orders a beer and the bartender brings them a glass of water like there's some kind of like like physical way to show that like i know who this person is i don't like them i'm gonna fuck with them like just do it with like you know, the, the setup of, of your scene, it's like incredibly easy. You don't have to have hammy dialogue deal with the, the, the the lifting. I, I watched the trailer for this uh, uh, when you had mentioned you'd watched it. I, we already talked about it. The trailer for this is like uh, d- does nothing for to make you want to watch this movie. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and and I didn't watch it. I was going to I was going to rent it and, and, and also join in, in, in discussing this. And I couldn't be bothered. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I mean, and it's, it's not all bad. Like they do what they can in terms of, you know, camera work with, again, it's just stories in a bar. Um, yeah. and like, it looks decent enough and a couple of the performances I thought were good. Like, um, I'll give credit to, uh, these actors, Ari Millen, uh, and Martin Roach, uh, sort of have scenes together. Uh, they're not that sort of central characters that are telling these stories, but, we move on to them uh, also telling stories. Um, but I think they both did uh, you know a good job with, the, with what they had, both sort of compelling guys to, to watch. Um, maybe it would have been better if we had more of them or they were the central characters. But even still, like I don't think there was uh, saving this movie or making it uh, what it wants to be. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it is a slow, like 80, I think it's 89 minutes, including credits. Um, so but even then it was it's slow going
1: yeah i have to say like uh to your point about the uh you know the camera work it does look slick like the 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 trailer so i mean like i'm sure the aesthetics are there and yeah, yeah and there's that, one that, of the
0: people that are that you know seem to dig this movie like you mentioned letterbox and i'm on there and you know i was reading some of the reviews and a lot of people you know had a great time watching this movie and you know Good for them. You know, like, like I said, different different strokes for different folks. It, it wasn't for me. Um, I was hoping for more. Um, but, you know, if you're interested and if you wanted to check out sort of local cinema, you know, people uh, like Ontario, uh, I'm not sure if they're specifically Toronto-based or where they're located exactly. But, uh, but yeah, if you want to check out a Canadian movie, um, you know, go for it. You might enjoy it. I didn't so much, but, uh, but yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. I have one other thing. So uh, I could also go in two directions here. Uh, You know what? I'm going to skip one. Uh, I did rewatch The Dead Zone. I'm going to say it very, very briefly. Uh, Shout Factory slash Screen Factory put out a a nice Blu-ray, picked it up. It's one of my favorite uh, movies. I think it's an adaptation that greatly exceeds its source material. Uh, I mean, this is a book where... uh, So there's a... um, uh, a character named Greg Stilson, who's vying for uh, a senate seat, and it'll be revealed that he'll eventually become the president and 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 be unhinged. And it feels very Trumpian, uh, definitely impression. And, and, um, and in the book, they establish Greg Stilson as being a villain by him like kicking a dog to death. Uh, which is absolutely stupid. Uh, <laughs> please don't do this to if establish your villain. <laughs> kicking a child to death, though, would be right up your alley. I mean, I, that, I'd, I'd prefer that, to be completely honest. At least that's something you don't see that often. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen someone kick a child to death. <laughs> I'm going to put that into, a, into something now. Uh, anyways, uh, and, and then this movie is like much more nuanced portrayal of somebody who uh, is quickly like... Uh, 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 he established to be kind of like a, a Machiavellian force who's like trying to ape blue-collar America despite having probably no calluses on his hand uh, and, and trying to kind of like drum up the disenfranchised to, uh, you know, elevate his political position. It's a great movie. I think this is the first time where I really, I think, understood Christopher Walken's acting in it. Uh, I don't mean that as like I didn't, I didn't get it before. I mean, like I really felt his... You know, this is a character who was in a coma for five years, wakes up, and everything in his life is pretty much gone. Uh, and I actually kind of, like, felt his pain much more in this viewing. But I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. It's a great movie. It's older. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, and I'm
0: a, I'm a fan of The Dead Zone. It's a Cronenberg movie. I watched it last October for the first time, uh, sort of in the Halloween sort of month. Yeah. Um, and I, I dug it a lot. Uh, definitely yeah. worth checking out.
1: I, I think it's one of the... You know, uh, I love the screen draft podcast. I think I have pushed it on you uh, yeah. a little bit, but they did a chronover draft. And I believe this got feed out and it pissed me off. I was like, <laughs> you fucking Americans. <laughs> like, how dare you cast, uh, uh, you know, a, a Canadian uh, screen draft. Anyways, uh, tangent over. Uh, the movie that I did want to talk about, because it's related to our central movie, is I, I watched Shadow in the Clouds. Uh, which I was disappointed by. And then afterwards, uh, I was kind of like rooting through like Netflix to watch a movie. I was like committed to watching something new because I typically repeat, uh, watch a lot of stuff. And I don't kind of like, uh, I exist in my my pool and I'm comfortable and the temperature's right, but I right. rarely dip outside uh, into... Uh, potentially warmer or colder waters uh, so I, I wanted to like see you know something new uh, this is unfortunately written by max landis who is, sounds like a sexual predator sociopath uh, it's a movie that attempts to deal with like rampant misogyny circa you know this is a, a, a central character is played by chloe grace Maratz, uh, and she is a i think they're called a, a wasp but it's uh it's like a, a she's a a woman who is a uh, a flight uh officer and she Comes aboard a ship last minute, uh, uh, like a bomber. I don't like. I don't know anything about war stuff. <laughs> it, it is a plane with gunner positions on it. Uh, whatever the hell that is, uh, I, I, I don't care to learn. But that's what it is for. Like the your visual understanding of like what's happening here. So she comes aboard the plane and she's immediately greeted by like, like, why are you holding us up right now? Why are you, like you're a woman? Blah blah blah. And the misogyny in this is in this is like it's like unending uh, and it also happens in below where we have like a, uh, a, a, like a female survivor who's brought aboard an all male uh, naval ship and she's just like, uh, or submarine. And just, she's just like uh, greeted with like a lot of grossness uh, in below it's handled much better. This is just like, it feels like Max Landis, who is a shitty person wrote probably the way that he (laughs) speaks to women uh, I'd imagine. Uh, and, and it's just like there's like no nuance to it, um, and it's it's you know I, I think like if you were to show like like you know microaggressions ways like smaller ways that show uh, you know she is being viewed as like a diminutive uh, individual I think that could have been much better, but okay. she's quickly kind of like ferried away into um, the below the, sh- the the plane <laughs> gunner position <out> of the- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like a bubble she's in a bubble uh and 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 all the characters are are then removed from the movie essentially up until the last like 15 minutes or so and th- I, I do have to say this is directed by a woman and it sucks that she has to deal with the the slings and arrows of directing a movie written by an absolute garbage person uh but it, and it does look good for the most part and, and the music is very good it's kind of like a a real cool synthy score that doesn't feel like throwbacky like it, it feels modern it doesn't right. feel like they're like oh like that's popular right now so we're gonna do it and I quite like that style of music so uh, mm-hmm. I, was, I was excited that that was the choice um and uh, her acting for the most part is quite good a little accent uh wonk- wonkiness she uh spoiler, slight spoiler she uh is an american in the movie but she is like aping uh uh somebody from the uk uh and i think that accent was a little is, is she is she american or from the uk there's like I believe some, there's, she's american but I, okay you know. i was gonna say the uk accent is a little bit weird but then i was like is she from the UK? <laughs> <laughs> like maybe it's just me and I, I i thought it was uh off for whatever reason um but uh, she quickly believes there to be a creature that is destroying the electronics uh, of this plane, uh, a gremlin. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's quickly like, oh, you're just like a hysterical woman, blah, 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 blah. You know, she's only communicating th- uh, through comms to the, the rest of the people on the plane. Uh, and it's like mostly good. Uh, it's like it drags a little bit. Uh, it. it <sighs> It has, like, one of the dumbest things I've seen in a movie, in, like, the third act, where uh, she falls through a hole in the floor of the plane. And you're like, oh, I was like, oh, she's going to die. <laughs> All right, this is over. Uh, but they're being pursued by some German planes, and and one explodes, and the explosion launches her back into the plane. <laughs> and i was like no it like, sounds like fucking I, like crank like uh, yeah it, was, ate it, them, it uh... was bananas uh i did like i like the the aesthetics of the gremlin it's it's cgi but it looks good uh I, I was i was i was into this movie i just wanted it to be bigger than it was i didn't want her to be uh like uh, relegated to a bubble i didn't want her to be blown back into a plane from an explosion uh it's just like you know movies don't have to be like endless like you don't have to like throw your character into the wildest corner for them to get out of all of the time right. and like her falling of the plane uh and getting back in is was the dumbest thing i think i've seen in a long time and it really <laughs> yeah, like, they, like like a full like i would take a full point off this movie for that one sequence like yeah. it was so stupid anyways uh uh, that that's my world war ii uh tie-in to our our central film below okay. um, do, you do you have anything to, else or do you want yeah to get into i'll
0: take 30 seconds because i wanted to chat about this movie a little bit last time and sort of push it off and i just wanted to mention it here because i'm such a big fan of it i watched it a second time um riders of justice uh, mm. if, if you're yeah. looking for a, a really great movie to watch check it out it's a danish film uh starring our favorite uh mads, mads mickelson um, yes, and just reading the synopsis, uh, you would think it's, you know, like a standard revenge thriller. Um, essentially, the, you know, it's about a guy whose uh, wife and daughter are on a train that has this uh, like catastrophic uh, collision or malfunction uh, that kills a whole bunch of people on board, including um, Mads Mikkelsen's wife. Um, but his daughter is not. Uh, killed so she survives but the wife is, is gone um, and then he comes to find out that it may not have been an accident this may have been like a, a planned attack um, and you know then he's you know wants to sort of take care of things uh, on his end like a revenge movie okay who's responsible for this and you know I'm gonna go take them out but it is not your standard revenge movie there's actually a surprising amount of humor derived from a couple of the other characters uh, who are involved in his, you know, his plans. Um, I won't get too much into the plot details and I don't want to spend too much time on it because we've got a sort of central movie to talk about, but really great movie. Maz Mickelson's is always fantastic. Um, if you're looking for a movie that's, you know, a thriller has a bit of that revenge aspect, but it's a lot smarter than your you know typical revenge movie watch it it's excellent i've watched it twice in the last few months uh and it's a new favorite of mine definitely uh definitely worth checking
1: out i'd wanted to watch it for this episode and i just ran out of time uh and i'm really looking forward to watching it to be completely honest uh yeah i i I, i'll I'll commit to having watched it uh before our next little hell that like it's a month i can do it i can't do it (laughs) i should probably just pack my shit up and get the fuck out uh yeah and you mentioned it has a stupid name i agree the, the name is yeah Jackson. the name is
0: is not great um the i the, told you before the only thing that saves the the name a little bit for me is that it's the name of a biker gang that is you know responsible for what happens in the movie so like okay riders of justice i could see that being uh like a shitty biker name
1: uh yeah i'll totally name. Uh, It just yeah, like it in, just, yeah in the wake of sons of anarchy <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> there's riders of justice <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah so definitely uh i hope you check it out uh and then we can chat about it uh,
1: a little bit more in depth uh next time we uh we have our little hell yeah i'm super into that uh i i'd go as far as to make it like our our central film if you want to do that like and talk about it in greater detail but sure, yeah but- i'm definitely uh,
0: game to do that but you know we'll, we'll see closer to if there's anything else that uh if we want to do that one or do
1: something else yeah definitely um Let's uh let's move into our central film below from 2002. Do you want to do our plot synopsis here? you want to talk about it a little bit? A little uh, general? Sure, I'll uh, I'll give a little bit of an
0: overview uh here. Basically, this is a uh World War II setting uh with an uh a submarine, the USS what is it i don't know
1: oh uh tiger shark i think tiger shark that's it yeah
0: yes um you've got this crew uh and i think it opens with them finding uh survivors from a like a british uh sub that was destroyed um and bringing them on board right I think that's how it opens. I'm so sorry, Preston. Sort of like
1: uh, shaking and his collar was uh, making a lot of racket, so I, I muted myself. Okay, uh, th- that that sounds uh, like essentially accurate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: it may open specifically with something else, but we bring these three uh, British survivors on board, uh, and then from there, you've got uh, you know some. Things that happen, uh, you know, not everybody is telling the truth about certain events. I don't know how much plot uh, well, I, we want to I, get into. So
1: I think the way that you could do it without giving away anything is that basically there's some internal politics uh, going on on the ship where, you know, like Bruce Greenwood, who plays Bryce, who's kind of like the the captain, uh is having like a little bit of arguments with uh, uh, Loomis, who's played by Holt M- McAlany, who's probably most known as Bill Tench from Mindhunter Now I would I would say, also yep. a show where dialogue is handled well. Yes, <laughs> uh, if, if you want to learn how to do dialogue, watch that show because it's pretty much all dialogue. Uh, and there's Matthew Davis uh, who plays Odell, and and they're all kind of. It, it feels like there's like an internal dynamic that. Uh, uh, Things are, aren't as they seem aboard yes. the USS Tiger Shark. I think that's I, that's fair, right? That's, yeah, that's and, a good,
0: yeah, and I think it sort of stems around, and without spoiling too much, is there the captain of the ship um, was recently deceased in some sort of accident while uh, several of the higher-ranking crew members were up top, like when the submarine was, I don't know the technical term, like... Uh, Float, whatever yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was but, top
1: to topside sure um, <laughs> top side. so
0: yeah so the the former captain uh, there was some sort of accident that took place um that resulted in his death and now bruce greenwood has taken over essentially uh, captain duties for the ship and i think that's where these sort of internal politics are you know coming to a head where people are certain exactly what happened up there um you know they just know that the captain you know had an accident and has passed away and Bruce Greenwood's taken over and things like you said things start start uh things start happening on the ship that are a little bit creepy like i don't know if you want to describe this movie to someone like a kind of ghost submarine movie that'd be a poor way of saying it but uh yeah but yeah like I mean, sort of like sort of eerie things start happening people start hearing some voices uh, you know, some like creepy faces in the you know in the mirror or something like seeing things that aren't necessarily there, um, and it becomes very apparent that you know something sinister is is happening in this ship.
1: I, I do like the so basically during the course of this movie, they're being pursued by a German ship uh, that you know uh, they they drop depth charges in one of the most the more effective sequences in the movie. I'd say where. Uh, you know, these depth charges are like exploding around the submarine and then one doesn't explode and just graces the roof of the submarine and rolls aside as like the everybody's listening to the dragging metal sounds of this depth charge going across the the ship that I, I, I love the sequence. I think it's great. Yep. Uh, but they are basically forced to be underwater for they have to like uh, discharge. Uh, it, it, it's a buildup of, uh, of nitrogen, right? I believe. No um, D- helium it's he- or is it helium hydrogen hydrogen or uh, yeah, i wait. don't know no that's what no no <laughs> i <should say> that. <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember what it is it's toxic it becomes toxic at a, at a certain level uh and it does cause you to uh become you know delirious so there is like a question of like whether or not what they're seeing is a, a cause of that or if there yeah. is something supernatural going on and I, I thought that worked really really well like it, it's not committing to uh i don't well i don't think it's committing to anything to, to like, the, like the the ship is haunted
0: by a ghost he,
1: right yeah I don't, no i'm, I'm I, with you i don't think that it commits either
0: and i think that's a really strong aspect of the movie is that uh, because we've talked about a little bit about my sort of um, feelings on <laughs> supernatural and paranormal stuff. You and, love it. And not to it. say that I, I hate it, but I, I I'm more grounded in reality. And I like this idea of the yeah, yeah, other could be this, you know, sinister stuff going on, or they could all just be losing their minds from the uh, buildup of this, you know, a uh, gas that is, uh, you know, coming into the ship or, and also, you know, being submerged in a fucking submarine, Uh, With all these other dudes in such close quarters, uh, you know, that sort of claustrophobic feeling um, that I'm sure eventually weighs on you heavily. Uh, And so I I really like that, you know, there could be nothing happening apart from them all just sort of losing their minds, um, you know, going a little bit uh, crazy.
1: Yeah, which is great. Uh, I really like that. Yeah uh overall what were your like was this a positive viewing experience for you or uh you know were, yeah were i liked neutral?
0: i liked the movie i i wouldn't say i loved it um you know it's
1: um the reason it's for early, why I'd, early 2000 horror aesthetics at certain points that you know <laughs> yeah but that,
0: that's that's true uh and some of the uh the the cg work is a little uh i mean it's data i mean it's is
1: 20 years old um, I think it's com- like they're compositing model elements with like other assets that, like, I, I don't know if it's like full CGI or not. Like, I, I think it's just like it, it, maybe it's a combination of like bad CGI and like weird model work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, when basically anytime we see
0: the outside of the ship uh, is when it sort of looks a little bit wonky, especially when there's, um, characters interacting so like a lot of the times you're just watching the the depth charges or at one point the uh the other ship has these like scrapers or these things that drag across the sort of bottom to try and like rip up the uh their submarine and so you're seeing these two ships interacting but it's it's at its worst i think when the characters um have to leave the sub in order to you know fix
1: things or you know one of the characters ends up sort of going crazy and I actually like the – when so they basically have to, like, exit the, the ship and go into frigid waters and, and dive to the underside where there's, like, a water pocket. And within the water pocket, I thought that was a pretty good uh, sequence that I liked a lot. Yeah, I like
0: the, the inside, like, that those – things but that i mean i was just referring to like the the, the effects effect. when they're sort of swimming next to the sub and you've got that big wide shot is it, it looks wonky like it's just it takes me out of it a little bit and, I'm, and yeah. i was thinking what would there have been a way to do this without having to show the outside of the ship as much uh, and try and be a little bit more contained within the ship like i think that you know you could potentially be a little bit more effective in the the claustrophobia and the um you know the tension within it and having to like with the with the sound design a little bit more just listening and um you know not having to show the interaction as much because i think when you come out of the sub you know you have that sort of relief of being within it and i think that a movie like das boot uh really captures the claustrophobia and i don't think you see much from the I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've watched it, but I think you're primarily within the sub. You're not seeing a whole lot of outside interaction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the like the, the, what the manta rays or stingray sequence, I thought was a little bit also a little bit wonky. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh M- manta aren't really scary uh <laughs> no um, these were like gigantic it seemed uh um, oh yeah i mean which are, like, be quite large. Sure they, yeah. you know, potentially true it just looked a little bit weird again with the visual effects uh, you know struggled at times but i think overall the, um, like i dug it like you said the the sort of is it or is it not real stuff happening i liked the kind of central mystery of what happened to the captain and, and how that played out a little bit. Um, kind of thinking- I didn't like the,
1: the, I feel like the, some of my, my major problems were a, like some of the, the, some of the scarier moments were, were good, but there were a few of those moments where it's like, you know, like pulling back really, really quickly, herky jerky style. That was popular, you know, circa 2000, 2002 right. that, uh, really i don't like i think it looks terrible it hasn't aged well that pulls me out of the movie but like the central when it's revealed what happened i was kind of like eh i don't know uh that, that's me personally like I, like in terms I, of the sort of truth about what happened yeah, to the german yeah, stuff that they, we, they took we won't out. spoil anything because yeah. i don't i don't think a lot of people will probably watch this no, movie, uh,
0: that's, and that's one of the reasons why i, I watched this because i was Um, for every once in a while, uh, a friend of mine, uh, named John Eric, we have a, a movie challenge for a month where we give each other 15, uh, prompts, uh, we create 15 prompts. And then we have to pick a movie based on the prompts and try to watch 31 movies in, uh, in a month. I never get to 31 because it's very difficult with my work schedule, but, uh, but, you know, try to watch as many as possible. And so one of the prompts that I chose was watch a movie that, takes place primarily on water or underwater. Uh, And so I was looking for movies that, you know, I hadn't seen that, you know, fit that criteria. And I came upon this movie um, and it, you know, decent reviews, the cast uh, has, you know, some people I like in it. Um, And also I think uh, directed by
1: David David Tooney. Uh, It's uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky as well.
0: Yeah, which uh, I just found that out (laughs) right now, which is interesting. um but uh but yeah who well, directed pitch black right yes, back in the uh, day which when it came out i was a huge fan of i haven't seen it in a long time it may not uh hold up that well but i remember did you want to get the really vin diesel
1: around on the top of your head <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. oh i thought vin diesel in that movie was the coolest uh ever when that came out because that was what 2001 when that came out I'm yeah I, I enjoyed that movie a lot um, um yeah i thought it was a cool uh alien flick uh sci-fi stuff the you know ensuing riddick movies i didn't really care about but uh yeah but i enjoyed pitch black and i was like oh this is the same director i don't really know that i've seen much of his other work uh, but i like that movie came out around the same time thought i'd check it out and i like the i like the setting a lot for like a sort of ghost story because like you said you've got that you're trapped you know it's not oh i can't leave the house uh you know like a haunted house movie it's like we'll just go somewhere else and a lot of times it's well the haunting will follow you uh but um in this it's you you literally have nowhere to go you're trapped and yeah. this like such a a weird environment that i'm sure takes a toll on you know people uh psychologically uh so it's just a you know a, a, a nice setting for this type of story and like i said it works well for the um is this happening for real? Is the ship haunted or is it just them going crazy? Um, so I, you know, I dug it. I, I enjoyed the movie. Like I said, I didn't love it. There were aspects of it that I was kind of like, okay, yeah, this is fine. Um, but uh, I think it's a, a sort of, I don't want to say a hidden gem, uh, but you know, something that uh, I wasn't familiar with it, even existing at all. Um, and yeah, happy to have found it.
1: Yeah. Uh, i Also, David Tui wrote The Fugitive. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And also G.I. Jane. I need to mention that for the second time on this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I have not seen uh, G.I. Jane. It was on cable all the time, and I would find it, you know, watch 10 minutes of it, and then that would be that. Some in
1: theaters. Um, uh,
0: Yeah, this guy, he hasn't been up to much. I mean, he did Pitch Black, 2000, below 2002, as far as directing, and then it's, the two Riddick movies and a perfect getaway.
1: Yes, uh, a perfect getaway is the is a thriller uh, about a couple, uh, I believe, perceiving another couple to be uh, pursuing them on a on a hike, uh, and 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 thinking that they might have sinister. Per- uh, uh uh harbor sinister attentions for their fate i guess uh yeah. and, and the, the twist is that the the main couple are actually the the villains the baddies.
0: Sure. yeah
1: yeah 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 the baddies uh he also wrote critters too which is a movie that i i will defend and i think it might actually be an episode of our podcast down the road because like, i grew up with the critters movies and i love them a lot okay i don't think i've seen any critters movies so
0: I'll, i'd have to watch part one as well just to uh, get some context but i'm happy to oh, do yeah. that
1: Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I think that's necessary. The first one is is I would I would say like a legitimately like I think you'd actually enjoy it. And the second one becomes a bit more campy and I think you might not enjoy it. Okay.
0: Well, I mean um, the, just I had his uh filmography up on Rotten Tomatoes and the tomato meter is twenty-five percent for critters 2
1: Uh the audience that, score is people thirty six stu- percent. People are stupid. I know. <laughs> You know it's <laughs> that's my defense of this uh yeah i don't know i'd recommend below i think that if you haven't seen it it's it's i think it does a good job of it's both at being like a thriller a submarine thriller and i think it's horror moments are pretty good as well like i love the moments where they're trying to like oh we need to surface now or it's going to be like you know we're not going to make it and then them listening to like pings from other ships or like wondering if they've been detected it's really really good I, i quite enjoyed it um yeah but, i think it's
0: i think it's worth uh, a watch As i said i don't think it you know reinvents the wheel or is you know this amazing film you're going to go back to time and time again but uh like i said i think it's it's worth checking out
1: yeah definitely i i think that uh should we move on to the reveal of what our next episode should be or will be yes do i even know what our next film is did you tell me and i forgot. I- put it past you and you probably forgot <laughs> okay <laughs> well now i'm gonna hear it for the first time again <laughs> uh we are gonna do john water's serial mom oh uh, yes yes yeah so i was uh, realistically if i wanted to like actually be successful i'd probably pick pink flamingos uh but i serial mom's a, a, a more fun film to discuss uh And you probably still won't like it, but (laughs) we'll see. Uh, I really enjoy it. I think the performances in it are great. I'm super stoked to talk about it. You know, John Waters is something we haven't discussed. uh, He's been mentioned uh, a few
0: times, but we haven't watched uh, any of his films. Yeah, I think I've mentioned him just in terms of, you know, one, I haven't seen any of his movies, but thinking that his, uh, his style is probably one that I wouldn't uh yeah wouldn't be my taste uh yeah and, and just in that like i think that serial mom uh, was mentioned by name uh one time uh oh, but interesting uh, yeah i don't even know
1: what we talk about
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not sure how it uh i think on the last one or on one of them it was you know john waters or something by the way of john waters was how one of the
1: films was described i don't know oh maybe greener grass yeah what that awesome. feels like yeah all right, so it's going to be Serial Mom, I'm excited to talk about John Waters. Uh, seeing him talk was, I think, my first like big film thing in Toronto to, to go and enjoy. So a little special connection there. I don't know. I, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's going to be a fun discussion. So
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching my first John Waters film and see how yeah. I enjoy it.
1: Or if I, I'm I think dragged that- to hell. Yeah, i think if i'm unsuccessful i think next season we will go back to the well and, and do pink flamingos because that you're 99 sure you're not gonna like that movie <laughs> at all period amazing i can't wait to not like it <laughs> this is by the way I, I picked this because we need the calm before the storm because i have a particularly grueling film oh that okay. i love uh and it, it deals with like a lot of awful stuff and i don't think you're gonna like it uh, but I, <laughs> okay it's such a weird movie uh it, it's belgium that's all i'm gonna say right now um, all right but get ready <laughs> all right for now why don't we just get the hell out of here and say bye sounds good bye bye <laughs>